West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show to ask the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And the name of the episode today, Collaborative Banking, Open Banking Meets Partnership. Sounds pretty good, right? ASA Technologies bridges the gap between fintech and banking by building a new set of rails, that's important, that enable partnership at scale. Fintechs built on the financial institution rails and use all of their products and service to monetize customer relationships, which is what it's all about, by the way, in banking. Financial institutions build on the fintech rails and rely on partner fintechs to give each account holder a personalized mobile experience that fits their needs. The banking audience that we are all trying to intentionally engage. Okay, let's talk about the use of the word rails. You're thinking, wait, somebody's building another railroad? We already have one. No. Asa, A-S-A, was actually the first name of a guy named Asa Whitney. Yes, he was kin to Eli Whitney, the guy who invented the cotton gin. Well, Asa Whitney liked to go to China. But, of course, when you live on the East Coast, getting to China is no picnic in the 19th century. And he thought, wow, if we had a railroad that went all the way from the East Coast to the Pacific Coast, that would be great. And, of course, it was an idea that he kept, he kept pitching, he kept getting ignored, and, of course, ultimately there was a transcontinental railroad that connected the two coasts from sea to shining sea. Now, this is actually one of my favorite parts about American history to study. I am a historian, first and foremost, as you're going to find out, not a fintech guy at all. And it's one of my favorite elements in especially 19th century American history, this this belief in something called manifest destiny, this belief that Americans were basically commanded by the Almighty to set up this Judeo-Christian transatlantic, trans-Mississippi, coast-to-coast, again, from sea to shining sea, Judeo-Christian Republic. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't study that period in time. History is, like everything else, is sort of given into all of the political correctness and things like that. But as I always point out, a young pioneer family heading out on the Oregon Trail in 1853, how exactly were they supposed to know they were heading through Indian territory? Were they supposed to listen to a podcast on NPR? Were they supposed to ask you know, Siri, hey, how do we get from St. Louis to San Francisco the fastest, least intrusive way? No, they, they did what pioneers did, and in many ways, Asa Whitney was as much a pioneer as his brother Eli Whitney was. And so that's where that metaphorical or that analogy about the rails comes in. It was a revolutionary idea in its time, the concept of a transcontinental railroad. And this, what Asa is trying to do in the 21st century, is a revolutionary idea, at least Landon Glenn says it is, and so we're going to find out, and we're going to do it all right after this. You're literally listening to The Power of Performance. I feel the earth move under my 
My mother warned me I'd have that effect on people. Hey, going up to Utah, his name is Landon Glenn, CEO of ASA. Hey, Landon, how are you? Jason, doing great. <laughs> Happy Friday and good it to be here. It is so good. <laughs> I love bold new ideas because they are so rare. <laughs> Everyone says they've got bold new great ideas, and sometimes that's not the case. I had a chance to talk with you offline, uh, study the website, get some more information. Tell us why ASA is one of these bold new ideas. You know, Jason, what we're doing is something that's never been done before in the banking sector, and a good way for new listeners to understand the concept is to consider BlackBerry versus Apple. And we all loved our BlackBerry device, and it could do Internet, and it could do email, and I thought it had the whole future of what I needed my phone to do. And then Steve Jobs comes along and says, you know what, let's create an open framework called the App Store. And within 12 months, they had 75,000 apps, 1 billion downloads in 12 thousand developers helping to allow the iPhone to do anything that you can imagine. Unlimited potential, unlimited possibility. Uh, we all have the exact same phone for the most part, I mean, or similar. We might have, you know, iPhone versus, or, you know, versus Android, but our phones are all completely unique. They all do different things. We use them different ways. It's personalized. It's individualized. It's empowering. It's almost addicting. <laughs> You've got to be careful, right? Well, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely, especially for the younger people who are sitting around Googling, how in the world did you make a phone call on a BlackBerry? No, young people. It's not the fruit. <laughs> it was a phone brand. That's, that's a great way to describe this because I can remember I never had a BlackBerry. I loathed those little buttons. I can palm an NBA basketball with both hands. I could, not, I could never use the little buttons on very I preferred the Motorola Razor and I thought that was the greatest phone of all time and you know a day later when I got the iPhone 1 it was like going from dial up to supersonic fiber optics so you're saying Ace is really going to be a game changer aren't you Absolutely yeah I remember that Razor you had to be careful though when you put your hand in your pocket you didn't want to cut yourself Yes, exactly. We've got to we could always that joke about that. Yeah, we really could. But this is not, this but, uh, is not yeah. a joke because, yeah, um, tell us how it's going to benefit the banking marketplace. If I'm sitting out there at a, a community banking brand at a credit union or a community bank, I get phone calls every day from vendors. I get emails and invitations to webinars and LinkedIn meetings and FaceTime this and Zoom that. What is it going to do? for my individual banking brand. If Eloquent Online were a community bank and we're not, how's it going to benefit me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now today, banking is more like the BlackBerry model. It's a closed system. Uh, you have, you know, one choice typically for the app. And uh, by allowing the financial industry to be able to have an open system where they maintain, uh, you know, that relationship with the customer, where they don't give that away to the uh, fintech providers, it now allows your bank to do and be anything that you personally need. And so you might be at different stages in, in life where 
right now you need a budgeting app that uh, has a certain feel and a certain touch and uh, you know you have a friend that's using a completely different budgeting app and then maybe your spouse has a different app that they're using and then your children you know or whatnot have different apps that they're using so it's unlimited choice limitless possibility all from your favorite community institution so you always have the newest and best tech with new solutions coming out virtually you know every day if you if we're able to bring them to market that quickly all right i want to walk you through the chronology of my my, my typical day with my banking brand and it's funny you were talking about new phones i just got one i just upgraded my phone uh, they were having a special at the at&t store the other day my other phone the microphone wasn't working that's no good for me and I got an, an iPhone 12 mini. No big deal. I don't use my phone for games. I don't use my phone for watching TV. My phone is really just my phone, but my banking app is on there. So my typical interaction with my banking brand is, you know, I wake up in the morning, I walk in my studio, I pick it up. Now I get the face recognition, and I, you know, check my balance, and that's it. I put my phone away. I don't really want to think about my, my banking brand for the rest of the day. How, how is ASA going to make that interaction with my banking app more dynamic? Yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of different ways. One example might be for your uh, business and having a specialty app that's designed to interconnect all the stuff you're doing at your business and provide solutions. Um, you might think of farmers and having an app that can track the price of grain in real time and look at the weather patterns to forecast the yield for the crops, and then that data is able to uh, help the farmer to better run their business and also go back to the financial institution so that they can better meet their customers' needs or their members' needs so that they can uh, give them lines of credit or new opportunities. Uh, the same thing applies with this open framework. Uh, you can have apps for real estate or apps for uh, you know, tech companies, whatever it is you're envisioning. Um, so there's a lot of business use cases, and then there's also personal use cases. Let's say you're applying for college and you need help with FAFSA and you know, getting funding, and you want to get connected with your uh, institution and look for opportunities, or maybe you need help with credit. Uh, so the list goes on and on, but essentially fintechs are doing a lot of really exciting stuff in the industry, but the problem is you can't get those fintechs from your financial institution that you know, trust, and respect. And so right. we're creating a way where you can now do that. And so you control how you're going to use your phone, and you can try different stuff and use whatever you want. So were I to go into my, my banking app and say I was using a budgeting app for my company, let's just use QuickBooks as an example. Are you saying that the QuickBooks app is going to be located within my banking app? No, not within the banking app. Uh, right now, when you want to turn on uh, FinTech, you have to give them your username and password and credentials to that third party. Right. And so there's right. some security concerns there, and there's some friction, and the connections tend to not be super reliable. They can break. And, you know, I used Mint.com for a long time, and uh, I had to stop using it because it broke too much. There was too much friction. And so what we're doing is creating a way where you never have to uh, share your credentials with a third party again, and it's completely private. You don't have to share any personal information. You don't have to share account numbers. You don't have to share usernames, oh, passwords. Oh, but you can still get the benefit. You can still get the benefit of the app. So it's you're Correct. proving yeah. the authentication. The authentication is now going through 
the, the bank name that you trust. Yes, and in addition to the authentication, we're also improving the connection. So the connection is actually endorsed uh, by the financial institution and provided by the financial institution instead of a third party. So you're, you're going to have reliable access to data. And then the other piece that's exciting is the ability to use that information as a um, personal financial statement, for example, where you could say, click a button, and then it'll generate a report showing your financial institution exactly how you're performing. So you don't have to go through that process anymore of the arduous process of filling out many, many forms. Uh, this enables real-time approvals, uh, smart, intelligent, uh, you know, serving the customer to provide them things they need uh, in real time instead of more of a blanket marketing approach where it's not personalized and, you know, you may have just gotten a car last week and then you get a, a mailer for a car loan and, and you're like, wait, I just got one from you. Why, why are you sending me this? I don't need that. Okay, I got you. Um, so what's next for Asa? I know you guys are just getting started. Do you have any current clients? What's, what's next for, for the brand? Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, five current clients um, that are in our pilot program, and we're beta testing the app on the test flight, and we're about to push that live once that's complete. And we just started integration with the correlation core processor, and uh, we have uh, seven others queued up for next integrations. And uh, we're doing some really exciting kind of events for the industry with some of the large associations and, and meeting with um, some of the leaders and they're seeing this as kind of a revolutionary tool that they want to help promote to their financial institutions because of that alignment of incentives where everybody wins. Well, listen, I've got to ask you, we, we always like to end the show with just sort of absolutely non banking question, but I did want to ask you, uh, I have not asked you your age or your generational demographic, but this question will probably answer that for me. What was your first cell phone, quote unquote cell phone? Do you remember? It was a Palm Trio. It was the very first one I had. I had a, a Palm, Palm Trio. Trio. Yes, I had a Palm yes. Trio. With I the, forgot about the that. The fancy <laughs> stylus and the, and the Star Trek flip open. It was pretty cool at the time, wasn't it? That was so cool, yeah. And, you know, I am a millennial. When I was, uh, you know, getting ready, I remember when, uh, you know, we were all worried about Y2K and all the crazy things going. Yep. And, you know, look how far we come, and the computers are still working. Now, I'm excited to find out what happens next, and I want to thank you so very kindly for taking some time out of your day to join us on the Power Performance Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Likewise. Uh, great job. Right, everybody? All right. The first thing I want to say is when you listen to that interview, don't let my confusion about this impact your interest in this particular idea. The website, Landon's website, is right there in the episode description. It's a beautiful-looking website. I encourage you to check it out, whether you're a bank or a vendor. Like I said, they're working on, again, the rail, the metaphor, connecting everything in a seamless, easy-to-use, open environment. But I've got to tell you, fintechs and blockchain and all of that technology occurs, that conversation occurs in a very, very different skill set than the one that I 
possess. I really don't understand how any of it works. I just know that it is a rapidly changing time right now. The uh, Obviously, COVID-19, as I said many, many times, has compressed 10 years of inevitable changes into one, and we're really doing our banking circa 20. 31, even as we close out the year that is 2021. Real quick update, show note, big kind of a big announcement actually about the show. I realized, why am I doing the show on Friday? There's an answer to that question. Some of you in the credit union marketplace will remember, uh, I think it's now defunct. I don't think they even exist anymore. There used to be this organization called the CU Water Cooler, the credit union water cooler, content bubbling up around the water cooler. Well, there were four podcasts that they hosted as part of the CU Water Cooler, and they asked us, myself and at the time, Dr. Troy Hall from South Carolina Federal Credit Union, would we anchor all of those podcasts and be the Friday show. And we agreed. And we were the Friday show for a long time on the CU water cooler um, until I said something about, I said that I thought that credit unions should leverage that third part of many of their community charter requirements. You know, if you live, work, and worship, you can join the credit union. Well, believe it or not, there were some babies at uh, some of these other organizations who didn't like me invoking the concept of faith and you know targeting folks at church, which is perfectly natural and smart to do when that is one of your criterion for a community charter. I didn't put that in the credit union community charter. Credit union did. If you live, work, or worship, and so. They said, we don't really want you on the CU Water Cooler lineup anymore. And, of course, Dr. Troy and I were like, we were doing you the favor. I mean, nobody listens to those other shows. They all tune in to the Friday show. We had the best guests, and we had the best show. And, oh, by the way, we're the only one still broadcasting. You know, you want to imagine that great transcontinental railroad. We're still on it. We're still broadcasting. And as you look out your panoramic window, you know, you see the old skeletons and the, the little dust weevil blowing in the wind and the tumbleweeds, all of those other shows are off the air. And here we are going into our 12th year next year. Well, wow, I cannot believe it. We've got our famous Veterans Day show coming up. That's going to be a great one. We had a gentleman on early this year from the Air Force Academy, and as an Army guy, I felt so bad. I said, you know, I've got I've to get somebody from West Point on this show. And so a dear friend of mine from many, many years back who was a West Point graduate is going to join us on Veterans Day. You don't want to miss that. A lot of great stuff that you can apply to your banking brand and your business. There always is when you talk about leadership and inspiring people and adapting to changes in time and technology and things that are happening in the world. And so I'm looking forward to that. On Veterans Day, we'll have our famous online Christmas concert in December, and then it's going to be 2020. Uh, one more time, I've got the ASA website right there in the episode description. You can find Landon Glenn out on LinkedIn. And once again, I just have to say this. If I sounded confused during the interview, that doesn't reflect on Landon and his idea. 
it's really on me. It is just not my strength. It is not my strength to talk about technology. And you've probably noticed on the show, I avoid it. I don't have a lot of people on the show that represent fintechs and data processors and things like that because candidly in the past, the people that represent those kinds of brands have not always been the most conversational people to talk to. Landon's a little different in that regard. He's a tech guy that can tell stories. He uses metaphor. He doesn't wear you out with all these abbreviations and things like that. I still don't know what some of this stuff means when people talk, start talking about blockchain, open architecture, Bitcoin-funded startup fintech. Uh, you lost me, okay? It's like cricket. It's, you know, it's like the WNBA. I have no clue what goes on there because I don't spend any time paying attention to it. So if you have questions, don't call me. Call Landon. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, new, old, continuing, startup, whatever it may be, would you leave the audience wanting more? Don't forget, we'll be broadcasting from now on on Wednesday in the middle of the week, back where we started, going back to our roots in 2010, March 2010, we started doing this podcast. And since nobody knew what a podcast was in 2010, we had to call it online radio, but it was always a podcast. And of course, here we are going into, I can't even believe it. No, I can't even say it. 12th year in 2022. And let's get out of here with my favorite song about a train. It's Gladys Night in the Pips. Until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Going back.